Hassan in Swahili dedicated to all you beautiful people around the world. We say Jumbo. to the Global Mission Podcast. My name is Richard Lewis, your host, as we discuss the issues of worldwide missions and the task of the Great Commission. Well, today's guest is a friend of mine that I've known for several years by the name of Tom Telford. And uh, I'm going to let Tom uh, give more of an introduction of himself, but he has worked in missions and primarily with the local church for many, many years. And uh, he's an author, and uh, he has done missions conference uh, throughout the United States. And uh, so I wanted to have him on because uh, on this podcast, we talk a lot about missions and missionaries, but I certainly wanted to include the local church uh, into that conversation. So uh, this is Tom Telford. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Well, it's uh, good to hear from you. And uh, for our listeners, uh, just uh, give us a little bit of your background and uh, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I, I kind of grew up in the church. My father was a pastor and uh, kept up with the tradition of what pastor's kids do, getting a lot of trouble. But uh, in, the, in the 70s, I kind of got my life straightened out and I was asked to become the missions chairman of my dad's church. And that led to another church that I became the missions pastor in and uh, and then going full-time with an organization called ACMC which stood for advancing churches and missions commitment and they basically tried to help churches and missions and one of their mottos was churches helping churches and missions so they, did, they just didn't want to help a church they want a church to get so good in missions they could help others and uh, I love that concept and I worked with them for 20 some years and then with UWM for 15 years doing church mobilization. And uh, I believe the church has been called to, to reach the world. And uh, it's getting to be a harder and harder sell, I think, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think everybody <clears throat> that is listening to this podcast would, uh, would agree with that. So presently, uh, what are you doing? You're uh, semi-retired. What are you doing these days? Basically, uh, my phone rings a lot because I wrote a couple of books, because I've traveled extensively. I get a lot of calls from people like, uh, I get a call the other day from a fellow, I just been elected missions pastor and I've just missed chairman of my church and uh, I need some help. And uh, basically that leads me to kind of uh, discipling him in missions and I've done that with a lot of people uh, as I'm semi-retired. Now, now you you have you mentioned you uh, have worked with uh, pastor uh, missions pastors before. One of these days, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into it today, but uh, one of these days, I'd like to maybe do an interview on what is the role of a missions pastor. Because quite honestly, there are a lot of churches that I'm familiar with that are involved in missions, but they're not necessarily involved. They don't necessarily have uh, a pastor of missions on staff, but. Uh, uh, we'll leave that for another day, and uh, <clears throat> uh, today I want to talk with you just kind of, uh, 
what have you what changes have you seen in missions on again we're looking at primarily the local church in america uh what are the some of the changes that you've seen in the past 10 years now since you've been in it a long time uh you can go back as far as you would like but i i would like to see I would like to hear what you have to say about how things have changed, especially in the last 10 years. Well, I'd like to start back a little bit and just give you two illustrations uh, of things I saw and lead up to some things I see today. I was speaking at a College Park Church in Indianapolis, a uh, great missions church, and they phoned me and they said, we want you to come and speak for the weekend. And, uh, and they said, you got to speak Sunday night. Well, this is back in the day when they had Sunday nights. And I I'd refuse to go to churches that have Sunday night services. I've uh, been traveling all the time, and uh, I'd like to get home by Sunday night. So I went to this church. It had 1,800 people. They had a sanctuary that only sat 600. So I spoke three times on Sunday morning. But what impressed me about this church was that before I spoke, the pastor got up to do the announcements. And he said, everybody knows we're going into a building program. And he said, I want to get something across to you. And this was in December. He said, you all know that we take a big missions offering at Christmas time. And this pastor said, then said this, if you have a choice, don't give to the building fund, give to the missions fund. Hmm. I'd say, I got so excited listening to him. I want to run up and hug him. In fact, I went over to the sound guy and said, can you tape that and send that tape to me? And I think that's one of the changes in missions is that, uh, most pastors today, missions doesn't fit in. In fact, in the last 10 years, one of the things I've seen is uh, pastors protect the, protect the pulpit. And uh, so when I started, missionaries got the pulpit once in a while. You don't see that today anywhere. And uh, so I, I think that kind of illustrates it. Hmm. And one of the other things I found out in the last 10 years is most of the pastors that are coming out of our Bible college and seminaries have never taken a missions course of any kind. Subsequently, missions doesn't really fit into them. Oh, they know the scripture, they can quote the Great Commission verses, but it's not a passion for them. And I, I think 30 or 40 years ago, I met pastors, some that had a passion for it, but I see less and less than that, especially with the, the seeker movement, and we're seeing more and more churches kind of adopt that, even though they're not a seeker church, even though they're not that big, they still have that same mentality. Uh, they're trying to reach. Uh, the people they have. I, I bumped into a pastor when I lived in Myrtle Beach that said to me, uh, how about come and help me in missions? And I said, well, what do you want me to do? And he said, well, everybody comes up to me that wants money for missions. I'll turn them over to you. <laughs> uh, or, the, or the big church in, in, in this city, we have a church that has 28 cells. It's a big, big church. And uh, I had a chance to visit the pastor and I said, what do you do when someone walks into this church and says they want to be a missionary? He said, I tell them to go to over to Calvary Church. They have a big missions program. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's happening more and more. Where, where does missions fit in? Yeah, well, I would agree with that. Uh, it, uh, I think in mo my most recent uh, a podcast, I, I mentioned the fact that uh, missions, uh, for the most part, with a lot of churches, and of course there are a lot of good churches, and we can give good examples and bad examples, but uh, for the majority of the churches that I'm a, a, around or aware of, uh, they love missions, but it's primarily just a program. It's not necessarily a passion, and it's not really something that's very high on their agenda. So I would agree with you that uh, that is one of the changes that uh, certainly has been present uh, 
especially think, the last 10 years. I think one other model is, is I visited a church in, in New York years ago, and uh, I was to speak Saturday night, Sunday morning, and when I went into the church, there was a person over to the side that everybody was talking to. Here I found out later after I spoke, they introduced her. She was the missionary from the church. And so this was a church of 125 people out nowhere. After the meeting, we sat down, they had food, and I sat at the table with this missionary. And I said, uh, tell me about this church. This is what she said to me. She said, you see that lady over there? When I was eight, she led me to the Lord. You see that, those two or three women over there, they discipled me. <laughs> And she went on and on to say in this little church, I think we've lost that kind of thing. I think, I think missionaries, the whole relationship business with the smaller churches years ago was big. And I think that's changed some in a lot of these churches. And I will talk about later on some big churches I think are doing a good job in missions in today's world. But I think we've lost that personal relationship. And I'm convinced I prayed for people I built a personal relationship with. Yeah. And, I think we've lost that a little bit. Yeah, I, I do too. Uh, you know, I've involved the fact that, uh, you know, the days of missions conferences are, are pretty much over with that I know anything about. And, uh, and, um, uh, and I understand we live in a culture where uh, people are busy, they don't have time, and uh, I don't know if that's an excuse, but nevertheless, uh, it just seems to be less and less. And, and uh, as a result of that, you do uh, miss that uh, uh, connection, personal relationships that you can develop with the church, the pastor, and and uh, the the members. Where do you see missionaries going? Uh, where do you see missions going for the future? Uh, and maybe the role of the of the local church. Uh, look into your crystal ball. I know that you follow the trends. Um, any insights on where you think this is going in terms of the local church and missions? Well, I want to talk about. A man had a big effect on missions. When I went to my first ACMC conference, there was only 150 people there, but I got put in a prayer group with 10 people. And I got partnered up with a short, ball-headed man. And uh, someone said to me, and I didn't know anything about missions at that time, it was Ralph Winter. So he became my prayer partner. As I listen to him talk, and I see the impact he's had in what he's done, I think one of the things that the whole focus is now reaching unreached people and, and the things that he talked about. I kind of think he's a modern day prophet. And I think that started focusing the churches to think strategically. And he used the word finishing the task and he, he made Matthew 24, 14 popular. Uh, I'm convinced that had a big effect on missions. The church is trying to think strategically and finishing the task. I don't think when I first started, nobody thought, talked about that. Yeah. I think that had a big effect on it. Uh, you were talking about uh, being uh, churches being more educated, more understanding of uh, missions, and of course, perspectives, which Ralph Winters uh, established, is one of those programs. I know you teach perspectives uh, uh, and have for many years. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. But even then, because I'm a church guy, the first time I taught perspectives, I had less than 15. They've changed the numbers now, but. Uh, I looked at all 14 lessons before me and none of them focused on the church. And so I went to the guy, one of the men that helped put perspectives together and, uh, and talked to them about that. And they said, well, we're going to put a couple more things in here. But then the icing on the cake, I was invited to go to the U.S. Center. I used to go out to uh, my wife's sister in Pasadena every year for the Rose Bowl and the, and the parade. And Ralph heard I was out there and he said, I want you to come 
and talk to my people. And I was sitting there, I said, well, what do you want me to talk to all these? These people already know more about missions than I do and all the rest of them. And his wife said, we're not, we're not big on the church. And I thought, how can a person in leadership say that? But I think, I think that's very evident. You can go through that perspectives course and not get, there's a few now, Stevie Hawthorne has put a, he's been listening to me, has put a couple of illustrations, but very small. 15 chapters of not leaving the church. But I think the vehicle God's chosen to reach the world is through the church. At least, at least that's what my Bible says. Oh. And uh, I, I, just, I just wonder. Hmm. Yeah. Well, um, what other resources um, would, you, uh, would you recommend? Here's a pastor that's listening to this podcast. And, and uh, he says, you know, I'd, I'd like to learn a bit more about uh, how I can get involved or how our church or maybe a missions committee member is listening. And, and they're saying, you know, we could use some tools. We could use some help on, for the local church and um, this uh, task of the Great Commission. Uh, I, I think I'll go ahead and start by saying that uh, you have written uh, a couple of books on the subject, and here's an interesting thing that many of the listeners probably don't know, that uh, you were a uh, professional umpire, uh, baseball umpire for many, many years, and uh, you still are an avid uh, baseball and football and I don't know about basketball, but uh, and golf. I know you're into that, and uh, so uh, you've written a couple of books. So uh, tell us about that, as well as uh, some other resources that the people that are listening might be able to uh, plug into. A mystery friend came along to me and said, "We ought to write a book about what you do and about kind of your life." And the first book was called uh, uh, "Today's All Star Mission Church." Or no, it was "Missions in the 21st Century." Was the first one. And that basic was a book basically talking about missions. And we took apart every little segment of missions. And uh, that became a book and sold five or 6,000. And the second one was Missions in the 21st, uh, Today's All-Star Churches. And that picked all the best churches. And uh, both those books did very well. And if you're interested, I get a hold of me and you can, I'll, I'll send you a copy. Uh, but they're both older books, but they're both books with good models of what's going on in missions. And that's what we try to do. We try to find denominational churches, big churches, small churches, all kinds of uh, churches and missions. And the whole concept was that people could read that book and they could get turned on to missions and do a better job. Any other resources that you can think of if you were to give about one or two uh, uh, resources? Uh, I, I uh, think brand new books. I'm a book fanatic and uh, I was fortunate for over 30 years to have a well-to-do man gave me $500 a year to buy books. And uh, I always bought at least a thousand dollars worth. <laughs> now, thank goodness, we got the little readers and we can get them for 89 cents or whatever. Yeah. But a couple of my favorites, a brand new book. And, and one of my favorite writers is Paul Borthwick. Uh, he really gets it across. And his latest book is called Mission 316, God's One Verse Invitation to Love the World. And it's just simple, simple, easy going. And he takes John 3.16 apart and uh, puts it in all the different categories. Uh, another book by Paul. I could name 10 books by you should read by Paul Borkwick. But then the next one is Western Christians in Global Mission. What is the role of the North American church? Another excellent book. If you want a humor book on missions, I think you might have read this one, The Very Worst Missionary by Jamie Wright. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, 
And then another one that's interesting, a lot of people have trouble with what is missions. And some people, they say everything is missions. You know, they, you look at them, I looked at a missions budget one time, they had the paving of the parking lot under the missions budget. <laughs> and I, I said to them, how can you do that? And they said, well, every, our church, all our, everybody that comes to our church is a missionary. They're sharing the gospel so they can park their car there. Uh, but somebody did a book to, to kind of do away with that kind of thing. And it's called When Everything is Missions. Excellent book. Gives you a good, clear definition of missions and eliminates that kind of problem of where everything is missions. Mm. Uh, and then the last one I give is, is David Livermore writes lots of good books, but Cultural Intelligence is an excellent one too. Right, it is. It's a great book. Well, Tom, if uh, someone wanted to uh, get your book, uh, how would they get a hold of you? Of course, they can always write me, and I can forward uh, that address to you. But why don't you go ahead and give us uh, your uh, contact? Simple mailing address is 501 Faith Drive. Good, uh, good address for a missionary. And uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, 17601. Okay, great. Good. Well, Tom, I really do appreciate your time. Uh, we're going to do more podcasts with you because uh, not only are you, your expertise is in the, the local church and missions, but uh, you've been around missionaries for uh, quite a bit. And so uh, we're going to do an interview with you sometime in the future on uh, what do you think uh, the task of the missionary for the 21st century is? And uh, so um, uh, I look forward to uh, uh, interviewing you and talking with you further about uh, this whole issue of missions. So I want to thank you, Tom. No and, problem. And uh, God bless you. And uh, we just uh, pray that uh, God continues to good, give you good health and you continue to mobilize the church for missions. Amen. Well, I trust you enjoyed that conversation with Tom Telford. Again, if you'd like to touch base with Tom, you could write to him and he will give you more information about his books and other resources. After this interview with Tom a few weeks back, I downloaded the two books he mentioned by Paul Borthwick, and I highly recommend them to you as well. The other book Tom mentioned is entitled Conversations on When Everything is Missions, Recovering the Mission of the Church by Spitters and Ellison. And you can find all of these resources on Amazon and other places. Thank you again for listening to these podcasts. Continue to share this podcast with others. Uh, click the follow button and, of course, visit our website, lewis-training.com. And contact us if we can be a further help to you or your church. Until next week, may the Lord richly bless you as we grow in the knowledge of Him and in His commandment to take the gospel to all the world. Bless you, Mungu Awabariki. No problem.